Despite Beijing's best efforts, China's yuan continues to plummet. The PBOC came in after the Dragon Boat Festival holiday to the nightmare of CNY being down huge on Monday. They tried to fix the currency a little bit stronger, then yesterday fixed it even stronger, enlisted the aid of commercial banks to help them out in the markets by borrowing in swaps and redistributing into the exchange markets to little avail. And today we see CNY now below 725 to the US dollar. That's the lowest since last fall and coming even closer to being the lowest since January 2008. The nightmare in China isn't really about China. China's currency is more about Euro dollars than it is the Chinese economy or differences in China's economy and the rest of the world. That explains why we're seeing what we're seeing in other markets, including WTI crude, where the curve there has gone mad into contango in various spots. But what about rates markets? Rates markets is probably one of the best indications of continuous strain across the global system. Because after all, most people have completely forgotten about the banking crisis. Central banks themselves have gone back into their hawkish ways, talking about inflation and resilient economies. It's just not coming in yields. Think about what we've had over the last few weeks. We've had the Canadians and the Australians. They had paused their rate hikes. They've renewed them again this month. We had rate hikes in Switzerland, Norway. Of course, the Bank of England did theirs. The Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve and its hawkish pause. Even though they paused their rate hikes this month, they said, we're gonna go back to doing them again, maybe next month, maybe the rest of the year. Policymaker after policymaker, Jake Powell in Congress saying the same thing. They want rates to go even higher. The ECB, the ECB has continued to hike rates, even though they've slowed down the pace of them. There have been continuous rate hikes and ECB officials have said, we're gonna keep going further on. And yet when we look at rate markets, bond markets, yields, Yields aren't doing what the central bankers expect, nor, nor have they done maybe what you expect. And the question is, why? Because there's more of CNY and its plunge in the rate markets than there is central banks and their inflationary rhetoric and rate hikes. And the reason why is the basic fundamentals of money and economy. Irving Fisher inflation and growth expectations, where inflation and growth expectations are impacted by one key monetary variable. And in today's video, you don't have to take my word for it. We're going to be borrowing the words of a central banker in Europe who's going to tell us all about how collateral can explain what's going on in rates. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available where we talk about the monetary details of this Eurodollar system, which includes Europe and, Europe and all of its banks. Membership has exclusive videos, classroom videos, basics videos, Q&A videos, all the background material on the reserve currency system, how it's supposed to work and why it doesn't appear to be. We also have research subscriptions available uh, a daily briefing I contribute at marketsinsiderpro.com, as well as a deep dive analysis where we dive deep oftentimes into collateral because it is that centrally important to the monetary system, therefore the macroeconomic environment, meaning pretty much everything that we touch. All the information for you, memberships, 
research subscriptions, eurodollar.university. Just take a look at the changes in rates or the lack of changes in rates around the world over the last couple weeks, couple months, even going back to last year. And it is absolutely astonishing because what we're told from the very beginning is that central banks control rate. Remember, this was Alan Greenspan's conundrum. He said, series of one-year forwards, if the central bank raises the first forward by raising its monetary rates, then all the rest of the curve should fall right in line with a, with a consistent term premium all along the way. So if the Fed hikes rates or the ECB hikes rates, then we should see the same amount of rates go up, the same amount of hikes in, say, the 10-year government bond yield because the Fed and ECB were told to repeatedly control interest rates, and it's really just that linear and easy. But when we look at what's gone on over the last year or so, this, something doesn't add up here. A lot doesn't add up here. Let's just talk about the short run. Uh, over the last month and a half, nearly two months, ever since really First Republic failed in the U.S., going back to early May when yields put in their recent low point, which was around May 5th, we're going to focus on Europe and Germany's rates, but it really doesn't matter. It could be U.S. Treasuries here because there's a globally a globalized, globally synchronized uh, process going on in bond markets, too, for largely the same reasons. Again, like Chinese Yuan, this is a global system. But since early part of May, since May 5th, let's go back to May 5th because that was the bottom, the ECB has hiked rates twice. We've got two 25 basis point rate hikes that have brought their MRO rate up to 4% and the deposit rate supposedly the floor to 3.5%. But since May 5th, the two-year German Schatz yield has gone up 56 basis points, which is consistent with those rate hikes, but it's way below either of those policy rates. At 3.07 as of today, that's almost a full percent below the, the ECB's target of 4%, which the ECB does not like, as we'll see in just a moment. The five-year Bobo, that's only gone up 29 basis points since the trough in May at 246. It's much less because the curve is ma majorly inverted. The 10-year Bund is up only nine basis points off that early May, row, just, May low, just nine basis points despite those two rate hikes. And the 30-year Long Bund up just six basis points. Let's compare to last October, because October, in the aftermath of what happened in September and October, that massive volatility, it wasn't about the UK and gilt. But if we go back to October 21st, which is really when most of the curves around the world, including the US Treasury curve, the German bond curve, and to an extent, the Japanese government bond curve, late October was a massive inflection point. That's when the whole system changed. That's when bond markets like the one in Germany began to completely ignore rate hikes from the ECB and yields have traded largely sideways to lower ever since then. Since October 21st, the ECB has hiked rates an additional 275 basis points. Over the same time, the two-year shots in, in Germany is up only 96 basis points in yield. The five-year, just 18. And the 10-year is actually lower by 15 basis points since that, since that peak in October. The question is, why? Because the, the ECB, like the Fed, is trying to push rates up because they believe higher rates signal to the economy that it, 
monetary policy is being tightened. Well, monetary policy might signal tightening, but the actual monetary activities, the monetary conditions, they were tightened and in September and October. But how? What is it that lower rates and rates that want to remain low are actually telling us? Why is it the same as what we're seeing in China's yuan? Well, let's go to a speech that was given on, in early March. This is before the banking crisis erupted. Keep that in mind. A speech by Isabel Schnabel, who is a member of the executive board of the European Central Bank. She was talking about the effects or the expected effects of quantitative tightening, balance sheet runoff at the ECB, and she mentioned the Federal Reserve. She also mentioned how there wasn't much of an impact from QT from the Fed in 2018 and 19, uh, especially given what we're going to talk about here. There is, we have to keep in mind too, how as governments buy bonds from the marketplace, that has the effect of removing those bonds from the marketplace, which means in the case when uh, those bonds being purchased happen to be government bonds like Germany's or U.S. Treasuries, the best quality collateral, that can have a very harmful effect on collateral availability in the private monetary system. So in many ways, QE is like QT because removing collateral has the effect of creating scarcity, which can create all sorts of problems. So one of the points Ms. Schnabel was making in her speech in March was that QT might be like QE and that we're, we're allowing more bonds to be used in the private sector for collateral purposes. So what she said was, as a result, the quote, scarcity premium that market participants must pay to obtain these assets, these government bonds, has often been considerable, both in the repo and the bond market and derivatives markets. The inception and expansion of Eurosystem's securities lending facility have been able to partly alleviate these strains. Notice how she says partly. Yet in times of heightened uncertainty, when the demand for safe and liquid asset rises, sharply, market conditions tend to visibly deteriorate. Last year's surge, last year being October, September and October, last year's surge in market volatility is a case in point. So heightened demand for safe and liquid assets that has something to do with a scarcity premium on repo collateral. Right? You see what I'm saying here? She goes further. At times, around half of the repo volume backed by German collateral was trading more than 40 basis points below the general collateral rate. Such asset scarcity can delay or even impair the transition of monetary policy. A persistent negative bond OAS spread, just uh, don't worry about that, implies that sovereign yields in the euro area's largest economy remain more accommodative than intended by our policy stance. Think about what she just said. Heightened uncertain demand for safe and liquid assets rises sharply. Market conditions tend to visibly deteriorate. So when rates go down in the bond market, whether the, the ECB wants them to or not, that causes a surge in volatility. That causes problems. It, 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 for the ECB, they look at that lower interest rate as being accommodative when the lower interest rate signal heightened demand for scarce collateral that is highly deflationary because central bankers look at interest rates as signals, signals for what their policy intentions are, rather than taking the signals from interest rates, 
which are telling policymakers there's a major problem in collateral, which is causing a deflationary event in the marketplace. Market volatility. Now, market volatility isn't exogenous. The market volatility is derived from monetary problems that have nothing to do with rate hikes. In fact, they're showing up as the exact opposite of rate hikes. So she says that's a problem for the transmission of monetary policy because policymakers want to signal tightening by raising interest rates. But interest rates are going lower because of collateral, as well as the fallout for collater from collateral problems in terms of fisherian decomposition, which means lower growth and inflation expectations. This is what we see repeatedly throughout the last several decades. Greenspan's conundrum. Markets are perceiving lower growth than inflation in good part because collateral is a problem. And collateral is a problem in good part because <laughs> these idiotic central bankers have been taking bonds out of the marketplace. And here is Isabel Schnabel saying, well, maybe this won't be as much of a problem because we're giving bonds back into the marketplace, or, or at least we're buying fewer and taking fewer away from the private system. So she says here, Balance sheet runoff, together with higher expected net issuance, will gradually help alleviate the underlying tensions. It will increase the amount of bonds in the hands of private investors and thereby help smooth the plumbing of the financial system. So she says QT is like QE in the form of giving more bonds or allowing more bonds in the private system. Is that true? Well, we just went through what's going on in rates markets, and rates markets don't seem to agree with that interpretation. In fact, race markets are suggesting, number one, collateral is still a major issue in Europe, in treasuries, in all places around the world. We still have a collateral problem. And number two, rates are lower because markets are perceiving that collateral problem going to compound everything that we have in terms of a weak economy, getting into why CNY is down. But if... if if lower interest rates are accommodative, like the ECB says, like the Federal Reserve says, Jay Powell has mentioned this too, lower bond yields are undoing the tightening that the, uh, that the central banks want to do with their rate increases, then shouldn't we see lending continue to be robust? Because ever since last October, bond yields have been lower in Europe as well as the United States, at least stable to relatively lower, where ECB and policy rates have gone way up. But if lower yields are undoing the up the higher policy rates then what's going on with credit markets as i mentioned in a recent video we still continue to see evidence of a very nasty credit crunch in europe a credit crunch that goes back to right when yields became in, in the words of the ecb official here accommodative so how can that be we have lower bond yields or at least steady bond yields yet credit throughout the European system has gotten to the point where it is actually contracting. Consistent with going what was going on in the marketplace, risk aversion, problems in collateral, disruptions in money, deflationary money, that's why we have lower credit despite the fact that yields haven't gone higher. We got the data on lending today in Europe. Just to finish up here, Total loans in, in the euro area were 14.18 trillion. That's up just 2.15% year over year on a six-month basis. Again, going back to going back to last fall, this is through the month of May. 
Total loans are actually down 0.27%, which is the worst since January 2016. So again, she says that bond markets are being accommodative when in terms of credit, lower bond yields are not, not raising credit, not, not spiking and surging credit. Instead, we're seeing credit move in exactly the way we would expect, understanding what's going on in these rates markets. Disruption in collateral deflationary money, balance sheet constraints and constrictions. Loans to NFCs in Europe or non-financial corporation business loans at 5.14 trillion. That's an adjusted basis. Those are up three and a half percent year over year, but down 0.3% on a six month basis. Credit crunch continuing to impact European businesses, which we're seeing in the economy. Household loans, just 6.62 trillion. Well, that's up 1.67% on a year over year basis. That's the weakest since October, 2016. And it's actually turned negative on a six month basis. Again, going back to last fall, October, November into December, that's the first time we've seen a negative six month basis since October 2014, almost nine years ago. So again, credit crunch in Europe has developed despite what the ECB calls accommodative interest rates. And the reason is that they get interest rates backwards. And the reason they get interest rates backwards is because to them, Interest rates are nothing more than their intentions, them signaling their intentions to the world. When bond yields are a signal to us about actual monetary conditions having a lot to do with collateral first and foremost. QT doesn't help because the problem isn't necessarily the amount of bonds the government holds or buys. It is instead much bigger, something we just talked about in our classroom video at videos at Eurodollar University, the collateral multiplier. You have to say that for another time here at YouTube. Rates markets are behaving in the same way as China's yuan is, which is not good. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, and of course, Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.